Hello, and welcome to the Elk River Lutheran Church Powered by Love podcast, recorded in beautiful downtown Elk River, Minnesota, right on the banks of the Mississippi River. Today we'll explore the Bible, life, and faith. So sit back, relax, and enjoy some sacred wit. To be powered by love is a spiritual thing, more than a feeling. To be powered by love Don't take money Don't take fame Don't take no credit card To ride this train It's strong and sudden It's cruel sometimes But it might just save Your life To be powered by love Well today we're starting Picture Perfect Family This new sermon series And it Fits, I think, because for the last couple of weeks, my mailbox has been getting full of Christmas cards that all show the perfect families. And uh, on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, I've just seen picture after picture of perfect families celebrating the perfect Christmases, going on the perfect vacations. It's been wonderful. But I also know it's not the whole story, right? Uh, Because what we know is that there's always a little more just beyond the picture. And I know that because I know my family's not perfect, and I know plenty of other families that aren't perfect, and so even though we can look pretty good and perfect in pictures, there's often a little more beyond the photos. And so my big encouragement for today is going to be, don't let perfect get in the way of a boat full of blessings. Uh, So this is our Christmas family photo that uh, we sent out this year, and uh, I love it. I think the kids are the most cute kids in the whole world. Uh, My wife is beautiful. We're in this beautiful nature scene. It's just perfect to me. Uh, But the reality is, there's a little more beyond the picture and stories of how we came to even have these photos, because after all, uh, if you've ever done a photo shoot with kids, It's not great. Uh, It's not easy. It's tough. And so uh, what I love about this picture is all the people and, you know, we got people smiling. It's really good. I'm grateful for that. But what the picture doesn't show is all the work that went into getting the perfect outfit so that they would match perfectly. That was not my work. Uh, I wear the same thing every Sunday. I'm not someone who can be trusted with choosing outfits. So Annie took care of that. What the picture doesn't show is the tense drive in the minivan to the park where we are threatening the children, saying, you kids better smile. Hold it together for 10 minutes so we can get the picture. If you look really closely at that bottom picture, you see our little Ben, who uh, isn't really smiling, but almost kind of making a funny puckering face. It's because my back pocket is full of licorice, and I'm tearing off little pieces to give to him (laughs) to keep him somewhat happy. And uh, something, you know, a mouth that looks like a smile. And, you know, and then that other picture there is about as close to reality because, you know, after about five minutes, we walked over to this nice little bridge, but it didn't really turn out. Uh, the, The pictures on the bridge, that was about as as good as we got there. Because like our photographer friend told us, she sometimes has families that'll say, can we book a two-hour shoot with you uh, for for our kids and family photos? And she'll say, no. (laughs) She'll say, I'm available for two hours, 
but your kids won't be. And that's for sure the case with ours because after about, really, five minutes, we're done and the kids are crying and running away and, uh, well, hope you got some. Hope you have a camera with a really high speed. Uh, and so what ends up, you know, we end up with a pretty good picture, a pretty picture-perfect family. Even though there's story behind the picture, I love the picture, I love the family, even if it's not perfect. I think sometimes we can let perfect get in the way of really good things. We can let our ideas of what really could be or should be get in the way of what is, which can be really good. There can be a whole boatload of blessings right there in front of us that we can miss if we're so focused on, man, I just wish it was just a little better, a little more perfect. I think we are capable, though, of focusing on blessings and overlooking some of the hardships and challenges and imperfections. I, I know we are capable of this because I think one of the greatest examples of it is the Christmas story. When we gather together to celebrate the Christmas story, it's a story of some real challenges and hardships, and yet we sing songs about it, we celebrate the birth of Jesus. So it's just this great event that I love Christmas. Uh, but uh, this is the picture I used on Christmas Eve as we talked about the Christmas story. And today we hear the story of the wise men coming. The wise men coming and they bring their three gifts of, this trivia time you all know, the three gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Yeah, and so they bring their gifts and they present them. They, you know, join the shepherds and they come on their camels and it's this nice, beautiful scene. But the actual beyond the picture story is a little more complicated and messy. And that's what we heard in that scripture reading for this morning. Because the wise men, as they uh, have revealed to them that there's going to be this newborn king. They start following a star. It leads them to Israel. And so they assume, well, let's go to Jerusalem, the capital. That's where we're going to find a newborn king. And so they go there. They go right to the palace. King Herod wasn't really king-king, but he was definitely the political ruler. And so they go there and they say, we are here to worship the newborn king. And Herod says, come again? <laughs> who, who, who's this newborn king? Like, and all of a sudden his wheels are turning. Newborn king means maybe old Herod's on the way out. And so even though he's thinking in his head, this can't be, we got to get rid of this kid. What he says to the wise men is, you guys go find him, then come back and tell me where he is so that I can worship him too. And so the wise men set off, they find Jesus in Bethlehem, but they're warned in a dream don't trust this Herod guy. And so they return to their own country on another road. And that's where the story continues. And all of a sudden, quickly, what happens to Mary and Joseph and the baby, it goes from this picture-perfect nativity scene to just the harsh realities of life. Their life gets turned upside down pretty quick as the story continues. We heard this last little bit. If we go to these few verses here, it says, Now the after wise men had left... An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up and take this child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And so then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt. They were right to flee because Herod's response to his fear was pretty swift and pretty terrible. 
The next verses say, When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated, and he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old or under, according to the time he had learned from the wise men. This is called the murder of the innocents. And so while Mary and Joseph are fleeing to Egypt, the story continues in this really horrible way where they would have almost certainly heard stories of what was happening back in Bethlehem, even way out in Egypt. And so you kind of realize how quickly the picture-perfect Christmas story takes a turn. <laughs> All of a sudden, this story that we, we know and we celebrate every year, wow, it changes from singing joy to the world to yikes. Like, this is real life scary stuff. And Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus are living as refugees in Egypt, foreigners in this far off country. It's not the story of a perfect life. And yet, in it, there are still some blessings. Uh, if, if we look, you know, of course, we celebrate all the blessings of Christmas, but also, even as they flee to Egypt, I've always kind of wondered, how, how do they do it? But then you think about it, how did they financially make it work, right? They left for a two-week road trip, ended up having a baby, ended up living for years in Egypt, but they happened to have some extra assets given to them mm -hmm. by some wise men. They had some gold, some frankincense, and myrrh. And so even in the midst of a really hard few years of life, living far away from everyone and everything that they knew in this far-off country, financially they were able to make it work because, you know, they had happened to receive these gifts. That's a real blessing in the midst of a real challenge. Uh, most refugees don't have that benefit of having a nice little nest egg as they're going to live kind of on the lamb. So uh, the story, though, continues then. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to Joseph in a dream in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who are seeking the child's life are dead. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. And Jesus' story and life continues. But when we look at this Christmas story... Uh, there are so many blessings, and those are the things that we celebrate, but there's also so much going on beyond the picture, beyond those nice nativity scenes like we have on the wall there of the, the shepherds and the wise men. There's some real hard life going on, and yet we are able to kind of gloss over some of those hardships and challenges. We're able to look beyond them and see some of the blessings in the Christmas story. We do it every year as we sing uh, Silent Night holy night. I don't know if you've been around when a baby's born and a newborn baby, silent isn't how we'd usually describe it. We sing, oh little town of Bethlehem, but really Mary would have rather had that baby in Nazareth where all her family and friends were. You know, we celebrate this nativity scene where we have this peaceful scene of a mother holding a baby, but then in come these you know, weird, smelly shepherds. Like a whole bunch of strangers come in to this newborn mom, Mary, and she just says, oh yeah, come on in, come on in. And then there's a little drummer boy ready to do a drum solo. <laughs> just what every mom wants for their newborn baby, right? 
And then the first years of their life are led in a country where they don't speak the language. Like, there's all kinds of hardships and challenges that we could, it's almost even funny to think about. Like, oh yeah, this is the peaceful thing that we celebrate each year. It's funny because when it comes to the Christmas story, we're able to just say, oh yeah, you know, we know that happened, but silent night, you know. We can just embrace the blessing that is the birth of Jesus, the incarnation of God revealed. I mean, there's a lot of blessing there to celebrate, and so we do celebrate those blessings. But so often when it comes to our own lives, and it comes to the own, our own imperfections and challenges in our own life, it's harder to see the blessings in the midst of it. It's harder for us to see past the very real challenges and hardships and to see the blessings that are there. This is my encouragement for, for, for me. Sometimes I think these sermons are as much for me as for anyone else. But this idea that don't let perfect get in the way of a boatload of blessings as I look at all these families that just look so perfect, having the perfect vacations, the perfect Christmases, everything is so perfect. It's so easy to get down on myself and my own family and think, well, we're not perfect. This is terrible. I wish I was living up to this image of perfection. But in reality, there are so many blessings. When I slow down enough and pause enough to see and give thanks for those blessings that are there, there are a boat full of blessings. Yeah, there's challenges and hardships, no doubt. But there's a boat full of blessings there, too. And so my encouragement for myself in this new year, my encouragement for you, is to don't let perfect get in the way of a boat full of blessings, because they are there. Let's see them, let's celebrate them, and give thanks for them. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us. You can find more information about Elk River Lutheran Church at our website, elkriverlutheran.org. And if you'd like to give to support this podcast and the other ministries of the church, just click that Give button at the top of the homepage. Thanks again, and have a great week. Don't take money, don't take fame, but it might just save your life to be powered by love.